When you embrace your pain and allow it to transform you, you give yourself permission to live a fuller life, a more authentic life. When you take off the costume society made you believe you had to wear, it's like a whole new realm of possibility opens up. And that's what I want to talk about because this is how we change our lives. This is how we change the world. This is love. This is family. This is sisterhood. My name's Jen, and this is the Love Lasting Podcast. Hello, welcome back. Happy April. How are you? You guys, my eldest son turns 18 in two days and he's graduating from high school this year too. Like what? I love all my kids unconditionally, obviously, maximum. But I will say that I love each so differently and Zayden... (laughs) He was my first love. I think he probably raised me just as much as I raised him. The minute I found out there was another heart beating inside of my body, there was an immediate switch. I became a different person. And the second I laid eyes on that kid, man, how do you describe the feeling of holding your heart in your arms for the first time? It was this intense feeling of like the culmination of love, devotion, fear, surrender. When I tell you I was terrified, that's an understatement. As blessed and as happy as I felt to somehow be trusted with this perfect being, honestly, I questioned if God was maybe making a mistake. I don't know. All I knew was that there was a high possibility that I was going to mess this up. And why would he trust me, of all people, to be a mother? Like, I couldn't even take care of myself. I was 20 and just moved in with my boyfriend at the time because of an incident that happened where I was living prior, which was with relatives, the only relatives I had in the city. The rest of my family was in a different province. Anyway, our relationship was kind of fresh and we were in that, like, can't live without you phase. And so it was either move back home to where my family was or move in with him. And so obviously I did what any 20-year-old girl in love would do. I moved in with him. (laughs) He was also seven years older than me. And to me, I was like, okay, well now I'm in a grown-up relationship, right? I was only 20 and I really only had one other serious boyfriend before that and we were the same age. So now that I was dating a 27-year-old, like, this was the big times, and we lived together now. And now we were having a baby? Like, from now on, this was my life. That's what I thought. And just thinking about it now, like, I thought 27 was so old. I remember calling my best friend and being like, hey, so I think I like this guy, but he's like ancient old. Like, he's so old. And I'm laughing so hard right now because I'm going to be 38 on the 8th. No, wait. I think I'm actually going to be 39. Oh my goodness, I don't even know my own age anymore. 39. I'm going to be 39. Anyway, back to my story. 
I found out I was pregnant not long after we started living together. And if I'm being completely honest, sure, I was terrified at the thought of being a mom. But at the time, I think I was more terrified at what people would think. I didn't think too much about what I was going to do because there was only one thing I could do at that point, And that was to raise this baby as best I could. And that was that. What other option did I have? So... I think you can guess how I felt when the response I received from my boyfriend was, well, we do have options, you know. It was just this complete and utter distress I was feeling. A heartache so painful that until that point in my life, I had no idea it could even exist. Which if you knew me at the time, when I feel hurt, when I feel sad... It shows up as extreme rage. And so now looking back, I understand how this statement could have been made out of shock, fear, confusion, just not really knowing what to do or say. I obviously feel differently about the situation now. But 20-year-old Jen, all she heard was, I don't want to have a baby with you. And so that was enough to really mess me up especially considering the stuff I had recently been through. Like you asked me to move in with you because we couldn't stand to be apart, remember? I stayed in a city where I literally had no one because I wanted to be with you. And now you're saying you don't want that? And not just that, you don't want our baby? At that point, it didn't matter what explanation he had or if I had misunderstood what he said, I wasn't going to listen. All I saw was red. All I felt was pain, anger, frustration. Now again, looking back, those were my assumptions. But with the very little emotional intelligence I had at the time, it was a lot. And I had no idea how to deal with it. So of course, unsurprisingly, I declared war because I felt hurt. I felt rejected. I felt lost. And so my way at the time of dealing with that was to make sure whoever or whatever made me feel that way would pay the consequences. It also didn't help that my hormones were kind of crazy, out of control. And of course, I didn't know that. There weren't smartphones. There wasn't even internet, really. You had to dial in through your telephone line, through your house phone, And there was no such thing as typing in a question and finding an answer within a few seconds. I didn't even have my mom there. She was in a different province and you still had to pay long distance rates to call within provinces. Obviously, with all the big emotions and not knowing how to deal with them, I went straight down a path of self-destruction, becoming a very toxic person, which in turn created a very toxic relationship. I'm not going to go through all the details of what happened and how I turned all types of crazy, but I will say that by the end of it, after years of fighting and forcing the relationship to work because I didn't want to be a single mom, I didn't want to be perceived that way, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me, and I didn't want to be that girl in the movies who people think threw away her life because she had a kid too young. You're a baby who had a baby. I was told that many times and it drove me wild. Now, after fearing everyone's scrutiny, but finally seeing how this type of environment wasn't healthy for any of us, especially this perfect little human we brought into the world, I decided to finally just move back home to my parents. I packed up what I could. I left what I didn't need. 
And one day I just took my son and left. And when I say left, just a disclaimer, I didn't kidnap our child. He knew I was leaving. We talked about it. He dropped us off at the airport. I wasn't sneaking away. Anyway, I remember just feeling like the lowest of my low, having no clue what the heck life was going to look like for me and my son anymore. So I, what I called, accepted defeat. What other choice did I have? I fought for so long and I just kept losing. What I called defeat back then, I've since redefined as surrender. I had to relinquish control and hand it over to God and the universe. I had to let go of whatever expectations or attachments I made. It feels so crazy to talk about this because I normally don't. And this was in my 20s. Also, in a few days, the baby in this story is going to be 18. And shortly after that, I'll be 39. Obviously, a lot has happened from then to now. But I bring up this particular story because I related to the first time I ever truly felt alone. And I don't mean lonely. I had friends and family who loved me. I knew that. But I was in this fight and I felt like I was alone. Like I was in this boxing ring where I was just getting smoked left, right and center. And it felt like, yeah, maybe outside of the ring, I had so many people cheering me on, telling me to keep going, telling me they loved me. And the whole time it was like, do they not see that I'm like dying in here? Do they not see that if life takes one more swing at me, it will completely take me out? One more hit and I just, I don't think I'll survive. But I was a mom now and I didn't have a choice but to survive. I remember there being this profound moment where I was literally just like on my knees, crying out loud, asking God why this was happening. I specifically remember one night feeling so frustrated, so stuck, so trapped. I just could not see a way out. My anxiety was at an all-time high and I just screamed out, I give up. Just make it stop. And you can call me crazy. In the state I was in, I wouldn't argue with you. But I remember screaming out loud, I have no more fight left. And then distinctly hearing a voice that said, then stop fighting. I was so confused and wasn't sure if I had lost my mind. Like, oh great, now I'm hearing voices. I just confirmed myself a one-way ticket to a mental institution. But then I noticed The tears were no longer pouring out of my eyes. I felt oddly calm. My heart still felt like it had gone through a meat grinder, but I had finally allowed myself to fully just surrender. It didn't feel like my problem anymore, and so the weight kind of just lifted, and I felt like I could breathe again. I honestly have goosebumps even just telling this story because I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I never fully disclosed the details of how I was feeling. Sure, I'd say stuff like I was broken, I was hurt, I was sad. But never have I told anyone about that moment of surrender. I didn't want people to think I was crazy and hearing voices. I didn't want to appear quote-unquote weak. And whether anyone wants to argue about whether I heard an actual voice or not, the message was clear. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm almost kind of sitting here freaking out a little because I didn't remember this part of the story until I literally just now, as I was telling it, started to remember. 
I blocked it out I think I blocked out that entire thing from my memory I think I pretty much blocked out that entire relationship anything that happened in it any feelings I had in it I blocked it all out and after all these years had never opened the box till now which leads me to my next thought I lived the majority of my adult life up until now so scared of big emotions. Anything that could potentially hurt me, I swore to myself, I would never feel like that again. I would never allow myself to be put in a situation where anyone can hurt me like that. And I thought the best way to do that was to create this persona for myself that was like, I dare you, I dare you to provoke me. I dare you to come wake up my inner lioness. I will eat you alive. If you're familiar with masculine and feminine energy, I was raised in an environment where the expression of traditional masculine energy was encouraged. It was praised and basically rewarded. I was praised and recognized for the stuff I did. I learned to feel worthy through validation. As a consequence, however, I developed an over-reliance on my masculine energy, leading to a wounded state. So naturally, I tended to exhibit traits such as excessive control and aggression as a way of coping with challenges or trauma. It was that feeling as though I needed to be tough in order to survive. The craziest part is I didn't become aware of this until recently and so once I started to understand the concept of masculine and feminine energy, once I started to piece things together, it was like, oh, I get it. Or at least I'm starting to. And since then, I've just been on this journey of learning how to balance my masculine and feminine energy. And because since I've learned that most of my life, I've lived tending mostly to that masculine energy, I've been really trying to be intentional about my routines and learning how to not only heal that masculine wound, but heal my feminine too, which because I never paid much attention to it, I never paid much attention to that part of me it's proving to be quite the challenge. Obviously, masculine and feminine energies don't operate in isolation and an imbalance in one can affect the other. In my case, with wounded masculine energy, I struggled with controlling behaviors, anger, aggression, while my wounded feminine energy manifested as an inability to express true emotions, passivity, and disconnection from my own needs. I will admit that it has not been an easy journey, but it's been deeply fulfilling and oddly calming. There have been days I've cried so hard, my face felt almost raw from wiping away tears, but learning to listen to those emotions that need to be heard and being able to soothe myself during moments of self-inflicted pain, I've managed to lose my fear of it. And in turn, I've started to comprehend the workings of polarities. Because I gave myself permission to experience that amount of intense pain, I've also created room for extreme joy to flourish. Chinese philosophy explains this concept with the yin and yang, which symbolizes the balance between two complementary polarities or energies. Both yin and yang are necessary and exist in this constant state of interdependence and balance. They aren't separate, 
but they work together to create unity and balance in everything in the universe. Without yin, there would be no yang and vice versa. For example, without darkness, we wouldn't appreciate the light. And without feminine, there would be no masculine. So when I'm faced with extreme sorrow or despair, I just allow myself now to truly, fully embrace the pain because I know it comes bearing a message or a lesson. And through understanding the working of polarities, I find strength and stability and trusting that once this part is done comes the balance. Once the pain subsides, it makes space for joy to make its entrance. Pain and heartache don't have to be scary. They're simply a reminder that we're human and capable of connecting with ourselves on a deeper level. Embracing pain can be a powerful catalyst for transformation, challenging you to grow and evolve. Remember that pain is only temporary and it can teach us valuable lessons about ourselves and the world around us and the people that we share it with. Your struggles today can become your source of strength tomorrow. And by staying true to yourself and your values, you can emerge from even difficult times with so much clarity and so much purpose. When you embrace your pain and allow it to transform you, you give yourself permission to live a fuller life, a more authentic life. You become more compassionate, more resilient, and more capable of navigating the challenges that come your way. I know firsthand how scary it can feel, but don't be afraid to lean into your pain and know that you are never alone in your struggles. We all experience pain and suffering in different ways, but by sharing our experiences and supporting each other along the way, we can always find healing and wholeness together. That's all I got for today. I can't wait for our next conversation. If you haven't already subscribed or left a review, I would be so grateful if you did. And until next time, I love you to the moon and back. All of you.